Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. You can join us. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It's Ian. Tonight. Matt. Oh, sorry. Oh, welcome back, Matt. <laughs> you had to take the, uh, the week off last week to go do some family stuff. I did. Good to have you back. I did. Last week was a week. That was a that was a long week in, in seven days. And uh, we are supposed to have a third host tonight. I don't know if he's going to materialize late. I mean, he is a busy man, but we'll see if Jay Noon joins us uh, in person tonight. Mm-hmm. So he's that would be great. With, dealing with the DCYF attacking his family, and <sighs> we'll, I'm hopefully get an update from him. It's so stressful when they like whenever I can only state, imagine. And, I can't. That is like peak, like one step short of actual warfare in the streets level of societal stress has to be the stress that comes down when the government gets in your face in the form of your kids yeah i mean there's no more critical thing to a to a person right like it's something they can threaten a lot of things in your life they can take your house they can take your car Mm -hmm. uh for various different violations quote unquote of their stupid codes and statutes and Mm -hmm. all that but those are just things. Those can be replaced. Yep. That's, you know, not the end of the world. You will likely have a car again and likely a roof under which to sleep at some point. But there's only one kid, right? Like there's only they're all original. They're all mm-hmm. unique. And once they're in the state's clutches and you, you made them. Well, yeah, you might get them back if you pay enough money and hire the right attorneys or whatever it takes to to fight them. But they've still then been directly in the state's clutches for however many months or years that it takes to to go through that process. And who knows what kind of damage uh, is being done to them mentally. Or with, physically. Well, that there's that too. Yeah, certainly there have been a lot of examples of foster parents abusing kids and not just the foster parents, but the bureaucrats working within the, the DCYF system yep. in many cases have shown to be mm-hmm. perverts, uh, abusers, molesters, that kind of thing. So that alone is disturbing enough. But just from the mental aspect, right, like now, like Jay's, he keeps his kids home, right? Like he's not going to send them to a government school. His his goal is to keep them out of the state's hands so they don't indoctrinate them with whatever communism or statism or whatever form of ism that they're they're pushing these days. And as soon as they steal your kids from you, well, now they're completely within the within their clutches and they can indoctrinate them however they mm-hmm. want. So, I mean, that's wow. one of the most wow. horrifying ideas uh, of this. If you don't mind, go ahead and yeah, check, grab that, check that door. I think we may have uh, Jay Noon with us. We get uh, Coconut, our our uh, little guard dog. He's alerting us to that. In in other news, we've got uh, the story about inflation, uh, Miami coin, which is back in the news with the Bitcoin conference going on in Miami. There's an update on that situation as well. So there's, there's as always, a lot to talk about here tonight. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603 603- 283-6160. And you can join us and you can bring up whatever you want. And now we do have him with us. He is Jay Noon. Hey, Jay. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks. So it's been quite a few, what, two years now since you've been in as a like a co-host for a whole show, I think? The last time I was on was with um, uh, Luke. And I think it was... 
It was kind of like a little guest spot. You were yeah, kind of yeah. I was. I think we shared chairs or something. That's but right. It was, Luke Rudowski. Uh, right. And that was I think last summer. No, it might have been a summer before. So yeah, you're probably right. I think he's actually down at the Bitcoin conference right now. If I, I just got correctly. off the phone with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yep, that's what he's doing. He says I'm hanging out with Jim Babs. Is what nice. He told me. Nice. Yeah. There's there are some good people down there at the Bitcoin conference, but unfortunately, it is loaded up with what you would call a Bitcoin maximalist. That is the people who run the conference, and those are people who believe that Bitcoin is the one true crypto, and that there shall never be any other crypto, and all other cryptos are what they describe as S coins. Can't say the full word on on broadcast radio and. So, I don't know. It'd be an interesting conference to attend just to kind of take the temperature of the room. I was reading, uh, you know, just to see what the people who are attending think rather than the the organizers. I was reading one comment from somebody on Twitter today. They were attending a conference or one of the, the panel discussions about uh, what was des- uh, described as a DEX panel. DEX stands for uh, Decentralized Exchange. And I guess during that panel, somebody who actually runs a decentralized exchange was in there watching it, and he said they were advocating people buy government money orders for some reason. And when he, when this guy brought up uh, Thorchain, which is the like the the most exciting decentralized exchange on the planet right now, they basically blew him off with an arm wave. And said, that's all they have when you get into these conversations. That's all the maximalists have is an arm wave to turn you away. You. Yeah, they don't. They don't really have any good arguments. We we got into it at Porkfest last year, and uh, with some Bitcoin maximalists who were barking uh, across the way. They had the campsite across from us. So it was, oh, uh, I saw the the debate, quote unquote, yeah, video from the, that tone tone vase and uh, <laughs> and uh, some guy that was and with another him. guy. Yeah, yeah and, and you know, and it, it came up. You know, the question was, have you ever had a Bitcoin transaction? Like, have you ever bought anything for Bitcoin? Seems like such a basic question that anyone who is into cryptocurrency should be able to say yes to, and yes more than one time, but no. Well, well, no, but... So you're saying you know, that was their answer. That was their answer. Yeah. So so how can get how can you uh you know as people who do use Bitcoin for transactions, I could tell you it's slow. It might not go through or uh, expensive. These days it goes and, through. Yeah, whatever. If the if the market starts to get a little crunched again, it's going to just choke again. That could be. For so sure. you know th- this is this is a problem. It's endemic to to Bitcoin as a cryptocurrency. It's a Standard bearer, we all thank it for its time and putting in the effort in the early right. days. But there's, it's time to retire the Model T and come out with a new <laughs> model now. So uh, yeah, you know. Tone Vase bought a lot of uh, pork chops off me at Pork Fest. With He's Bitcoin. a good guy. I mean, and I like Tone. I, had I do a lot too. Of problems with an Edge wallet two years ago, and I had sent a guy uh, like sixteen hundred dollars accidentally. No, no, oh, purposely. On purpose. Okay, and <clears throat> but I did. Um, like a low fee because mm-hmm. it was uh this was back when bitcoin was getting pretty clogged up so it would have been a it would have been two years ago mm-hmm. you know um it, yeah it would have been uh two pork fest ago i sent it just before pork fest to this guy and he was a friend of ours up at pork fest and i think i bought some silver off him or something i can't remember but like the transaction just did not go through it got sort of stuck so mm. and it was like three or four weeks before pork fest i sent it but we, and, and he's a friend of mine so he knows i'm good for it sure and uh, he was. We weren't really worried, but you know, if you sent somebody like 
you know, uh, Bitcoin and they sort of needed it, you know, they might not yeah, believe that's you a send problem. it. And then the transaction shows and then you go in and it says, oh, it's like, you know, Pending. it's like 10,000 out of, you know, 250 million in a meme pool. It's like, you know, how you do that little, uh, that, I don't know, that, you know, rate. Mempool, yeah. Mempool, yeah. <laughs> meme pool is fun, though. That's yeah. Well, yeah. Well, whatever, yeah. <laughs> and so anyways, Tone helped me out. He's like, oh, he goes, this is how we... um Resync the wallet. Mm-hmm. So what it did is it basically stopped that transaction because it was it, there wasn't oh. enough. So what I had to do, he's like, oh yeah, all you got to do is just go to custom, set it ten ten bytes per satoshi. Is that, mm, that, did I, did probably, I say that correctly? Yeah, ten bytes per satoshi. Probably bits, but I don't know. It's and or bits or whatever. So that worked, but it don't ten bytes don't work. Didn't work. Like you know, six weeks later, you had to because you had to pay more. Up it up to like fifteen, yeah. and then up, I think they you know, measure like satoshis by byte. I think. Anyway, that's getting too technical. Um, but it did finally go through after you paid enough well, fee. Well, right. So, like, and, and then, you know, a couple of times I've, you know, had to, like, um, you know, send some Bitcoin and, you know, uh, you know like, uh, I, one transaction was, like, maybe $1,000, but it was, like, to, like, really make it happen, you know, it basically was, like, a $31 transaction fee, which was, you know, annoying. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that's, that's nuts. Not, yeah, that's not the way Bitcoin was designed. And no. unfortunately, they've, the programmers behind it these days have se- seemingly purposefully hobbled the thing, uh, crippled it. You know, and, and they could fix it. They could make it so that it runs as smoothly as, you know, Bitcoin Cash, for instance. Or, but that's why I use Bitcoin Cash for yeah. small transactions and Bitcoin for large transactions, you know, if, if, if you have to use Bitcoin far as i'm concerned yeah i mean you can use bitcoin cash for a large transaction too if you, if you want to uh the number is 603-283-6160 or of course dash or monero which i know matt you're a huge fan of there's actually a monero conference going on right now in miami like all of the crypto people are in miami whether they're at the same conference is another question because there's three of them going on there's the bitcoin conference the s-coin conference and the monero conference. so you're saying there are no feds left in washington dc <laughs> right now they're all down there well one of them's listening to the show right now you can guarantee that there's more coming up it's free talk live Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Jay. And Matt. Phones are open. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. By the way, Free Talk Live brought to you by Bitcoin.com. If you would like to learn about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, you can get over to Bitcoin.com. And click Get Started there at the top of the page. You'll find some introductory videos. You'll get some of the basic concepts down, which are important to understand before you decide to maybe make a purchase. And there are so many options from which you can choose. Of course, you know, a lot of people would say that Bitcoin is the safest bet uh, in the cryptocurrency world. But for how long will that be the case? You know, we don't know. I mean, the price could go down in the next five minutes. It could go down uh, in the next five days, or it could go up forever, but that seems pretty unlikely because it tends to go all over the place like a roller coaster. So you should learn a little bit about uh, the world of crypto first before you get into it. Go and click Get Started at the top of the page over at Bitcoin.com. That's Bitcoin.com, and then that's true of all the cryptos. In fact, Miami Coin is something that came out uh, not quite a year ago. I think it was late last summer in 2021 when Miami Coin was released. And now it has, rev- I guess, generated revenue for the city of Miami to the tune of over $5 million. Wow. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, that sucks because that's money totally. going to an evil government. But it was done voluntarily, which is unusual. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that here. And by the way, tonight you do have Ian. Jay. And Matt. Uh, here's a story from the Wall Street Journal. Miami is the first U.S. city to earn revenue from a city-branded cryptocurrency project, getting about $5.25 million worth out of the launch of Miami Coin. Buyers of the digital token have had a rockier experience. Miami Coin's value has fallen by half since it's made its debut last summer. The mining of municipal-linked coins is an early experiment blending the chronically cash-strapped bureaucracy of local governments with the cash-flush world of crypto. Proponents, such as the Miami mayor, Francis Suarez, who's sort of trying to portray himself as this crypto-friendly mayor, uh, he's spoken at the Bitcoin conference in Miami, he's sort of trying to dub Miami as this crypto city basically they just revealed a new bull i don't know if you heard about this we talked about it last night on the show like you know how they have the bull in wall street Mm -hmm. the bull sculpture now they have a bull sculpture that's much more kind of neo if you will like very kind of modern robotic looking i wonder what that could cost to taxpayers of miami well that's a good question is it bronze i suspect (laughs) it was sponsored i do based on the photos i've seen i think there was some sort of a sponsorship indicated there but it is i don't know what it's made out of. that's really swinging for the fences as far as marketing goes yeah and you know we did cover last night that miami doesn't seem to have jack diddley as far as businesses at least restaurants where you can spend cryptocurrency so it's certainly not like Keene or or portsmouth new hampshire where you can actually use uh crypto but nonetheless they did embrace this uh city coin concept and Francis Suarez, the mayor there, imagines a future in which municipal coins become nearly ubiquitous. For cities, tapping the crypto market can mean a fresh source of cash. And Miami said that it used the revenue from Miami Coin to help fund rent subsidies for low-income residents. The city's operating budget is $1.37 billion. So certainly $5.25 million, you know, for a small town would be a lot of money. But for Miami, it's just a drop in the bucket. Uh, But for investors and proponents, such digital coins hold the appeal of helping support a city while riding the seemingly endless waves of crypto enthusiasm to significant potential gains. So the idea is, as we promoted before with this Miami coin thing, is if you like the city of Miami and you really like the government of Miami, you can buy this Miami coin. That's not how people are going to look at it. People are going to look at it like, I like Miami. I live here. So Miami... Yeah, I don't know what percentage of people who are buying Miami coin actually live in Miami. That's an that's an interesting uh, question because that's that's the thing is you can actually get revenue from people outside of the city in theory sure. by offering this city coin. Just maybe people who visited Miami or who have family in Miami or whatever they used to live there and they've got some sort of place in their heart for the city. This is one of those things where it confuses people, right? Yes. Like there's a difference between the plot of land known as Miami. And the organization of criminals known as the city of Miami. So let's be clear, this money goes to the city of Miami. It goes to the criminal organization of people that threaten other people over their properties, put peaceful people behind bars for smoking pot or whatever. Uh, that's who gets the benefits. Curfews. They have curfews in Miami past couple years. I, I the heard COVID? Of, mm. and, and then they had some, uh, Luke was reporting about curfews you know, because of spring break when he was down there on, you know, on his show, Luke from uh, mm. wearechange.org. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so they got enforce curfews, which is essentially violence against people. Right. And, and it just really shows how far 
the cryptocurrency industry has come it it used to be a very libertarian group of people you know the yep. the conference for crypto early on was the porcupine freedom festival yes where where you know a lot of us are going to be going hopefully this june although i've heard it's pretty much sold out at this point so if you haven't gotten your ticket yet might be out of luck good luck check porkfest.com p-o-r-c-f-e-s-t.com for for more information about that i've heard they've actually sold over the amount of tickets so they're like sort of selling over the amount that they've so they could cut this thing off at any time um but there were a lot of early adopters of bitcoin that went to the porcupine freedom festival because it was a very libertarian concept in the early days arguably satoshi nakamoto the creator of bitcoin whoever he or she or they uh happens to be that that person seems pretty libertarian in completely in their writings they 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 founded bitcoin for all the right reasons but now the money people are getting in and the money people don't care about liberty a lot of them they just want to make money and, and generally in my opinion they don't have to they don't really you mean they already have money is that what you mean no they don't have to care about liberty because mm-hmm. i think they're exercising crypto in and of itself is going to have liberty liberty repercussions well, I see where you're coming from there, but this gives an example of what has happened. It has sort of, and I'm not saying this is bad per se, it's sort of inevitable, right? Libertarians aren't enough to carry a, a huge market. We're a very small segment of society, so if we want something to succeed, it has to grow. It has to go into areas and attract people who aren't like us. But the fact that there is something called a city coin, which is designed to fund governments, just goes to show how far from the original libertarian ethos of Bitcoin that the cryptocurrency industry has fallen. The, the one thing I, I think would be uh, handy you know, about like a uh, municipal corporation essentially running on like a blockchain-based uh, cryptocurrency, or and, and not that they're running on it, they're using it, but uh, is the fact that uh, it's really hard to audit where money goes in these governments because it's very hard to get the information. They mm. they, they they make it very difficult to access, even though. Everybody's like, "Oh, it's just a few clicks away," and so yeah, I've seen the tax budget or whatever for the city of Keene. It's like a an encyclopedia. It's humongous. Well, it's uh, so like the for example, a comprehensive annual financial report. Mm -hmm. They really uh, kaffer one dot com is a website years ago you used to go to to that sort of explain that. I don't know if it's still still operational, Mm -hmm. but uh, you know, I I like the idea that you know any of this stuff is going on with these governments should be on a blockchain so it can all be very transparent. Uh, so if it's moving that way, uh, you know, that that's cool because it's a lot easier for us to see where our dollars are actually going. Well, and if there could be a government that actually funded itself through voluntary means, then I'd be all for that. And, sure. And this system of city coins, in theory, could make something like that happen if, again, if there were a government that were in, interested in doing something like that. But, of course, why would they? This They're just seeing this as an extra amount of money on top of the amount of taxes uh, that they're collecting from people. There's more coming up, and you can share your thoughts on City Coins. It's Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com.
It is Free Talk Live, and the phones are open if you want to join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian. Jay. And Matt. Uh, you can also join us online. Just head over to freetalklive.com, and you can follow us on our social media platform at social.freetalklive.com. That is where you can... Uh, contribute by talking to other Free Talk Live listeners. Uh, basically, it's like Twitter, but without the evil mega tech corporation behind it. Uh, so head over to social.freetalklive.com. There are apps that you can download to interact with our social media server, or you can just use the website, social.freetalklive.com. We're talking about the Miami coin experiment. The very first ever, and I believe there's a New York City coin as well that has subsequently been released. I don't know if they've come out with anything else since then. Are these based on the same code? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's all, according to Wall Street Journal here, it is uh, a project of a 10-month-old nonprofit organization called City Coins that aims to make city-branded digital tokens a reality in any city that's interested. Is this code Ethereum? No. Oh. No, it, it's actually riding on the Bitcoin blockchain somehow. And I don't know, uh, I'm not an engineer, so I don't know exactly the tech behind how that's working. Uh, the mining creation of, or creation of digital coins named after Miami and New York began last year. The City Coins website encourages visitors to vote on which city they think should come next. I know they were talking about Austin, for instance, which you'd, you'd figure that would be one of them. Uh, they... The cities have no role in the projects beyond agreeing to accept donations set aside during the mining process. So I do like that aspect of this in that this isn't actually being run by the city of Miami or the city of New York. So that's good. You don't have the politicians' hands directly on the project, but obviously they're still looking to curry favor with politicians. So it's still an icky thing. Now, to Miami's credit... They did say at one point, I don't know whether they honored this promise, they made some sort of statement about that this would result in some kind of a tax credit for for property owners. And I don't know if they actually followed through with that. Because if that were true, then it would be hard to oppose this, right? Like if it, if it were true that they gave people a tax break because they got $5 million in through this city coins thing, and so they lowered the remainder of their taxes by $5 million, then to me, that's that seems like a smart thing. That's like, sure. cool, right? Yep. So if if this thing really did take off... You got to be so careful when the government's involved, well, though. They're they're they are such dirtbags. They yeah. are so bad. They and don't tell the truth. It's like they're literally a criminal syndicate, and they're going to yeah. do criminal syndicate things. They're going to find a way to make it dirty. You know, I, you know I, who who's allowed to mine it? Anyone. Really? Yeah. Again, it's not the government that's running the coin. That's true. Uh, Miami coin began trading at around half a cent on August 26th and was a little more than a quarter of a cent as of April 5th. So it's lost around half of its value. According to coin market cap, the coin's value briefly rocketed to five cents twice in its first month of trading. New York City coin has also fallen from close to half a cent uh, at the beginning of February to about a quarter of a cent, according to coin market cap. Quote, if you're, in, uh, if you're in it for a quick buck, you shouldn't be holding city coins, said a man who helped launch the idea. They dreamed it up in 2021. He said, there's no investment that only goes up and to the right. And that much is certainly true. 
Uh, the mining is done by private citizens anywhere in the world through a digital infrastructure set up by city coins. Miners get either Miami coin or NYC coin by turning over another type of digital asset known as STX. I believe that stands for stacks. And that is the thing that somehow is connected to the original Bitcoin blockchain. Don't ask me how. According to the explanation on the CityCoin's website, the city gets 30% of the mined STX, which is set aside in a digital wallet, then converted to U.S. dollars before being donated to the city coffers. Some municipal leaders have signaled interest. New York City Mayor Eric Adams tweeted a warm welcome to CityCoin shortly after he was elected in November. States collected more than $28 billion in fiscal 2021, according to tracked data by the Urban Institute from Lotteries, Casinos, and Racinos. Those are casinos that come with a racetrack. I had not heard that term before. Suarez, that's the mayor of Miami, who frequently talks up Miami coin in public, has embraced the idea of using the city's name to attract crypto enthusiasts. Quote, it's about the brand, and I think Miami punches above its weight in terms of branding, unquote. He said the $5.25 million in Miami coin proceeds has, quote, created benefit for our residents directly because there's a rental crisis in America. He said he plans to distribute additional revenue from the Miami coin mining process within the next few months. What remains to be seen is how long the coins can attract in investor interest if their values decline and how many government officials might champion an investment that could quickly lose buyers money. Philadelphia recently opted against pursuing a Philly-branded city coin. So if you want to weigh in here and share your thoughts, you're welcome to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. I don't imagine a lot of our libertarian audience is going to be interested in city coins, but... They are out there, and I don't think they're going to go away. I mean, even though they might be down in price by 50%, for some people, they're just going to see that as a buying opportunity. Sure. Oh, hey, you know. And maybe they're smart to do so. Yeah. I mean, it could work out for some people. So far, it's been a loser for, for the people that have gotten into it uh, early. Quote, municipalities and heads of municipalities need to be aware of what they're doing, said a strategist at D.A. Davidson. He said they're promoting a product that could lead to their citizens losing money. Well, their citizens lose money every time they get taxed anyway, so what's new there? Yeah, every time the, uh, you know, because the way all these cities work is what people got to understand is uh, there's a few different ways they work. But, of course, they always give sweetheart you know, pork filled, you know, contracts to their friends that have, you know, construction companies and consulting firms and, you know, uh, and even as we're going to get into, I mean, the state gives, uh, you know, these people tons of money to like house foster kids. Oh, yeah. DCYF. um, And abuse them. Potentially. Yeah, that can happen, too. Not, you know, I I, I definitely knew some like, you know, foster parents. Mm -hmm. So we used to do a writing program at our farm and we had actually a whole group of foster kids would, would, would come up and you know they were good people and but um yeah there's definitely some uh some some folks who are are in it for you know the wrong intention that's for sure we can get deeper into that here in a moment just want to share one more point here from the story and that is what about use is anyone using the city coin that's the important Miami coin at least one Miami area retailer is willing to accept the city branded cryptocurrency. Advanced Impact Glass Systems, a 15 year old family business that sells hurricane windows. But while the company has been advertising its willingness to accept Miami coin along with STX and Bitcoin, even painting digital currency symbols on the side of its warehouse facing a busy highway, customers remain uninterested. Quote As far as people using it, said the project manager, we have yet to see that. So I wonder if that place has gotten paid in Bitcoin, though, the glass place. 
Uh, I suspect he was referring to all of the above, okay. but that's that is not clear with this. But the fact is, Miami isn't the crypto city that they want you to believe that it is or that maybe they just want to build it into but as of right now despite all of the crypto people that fly in once a year to go to a crypto or a bitcoin should say bitcoin conference it's crypto not allowed only bitcoin uh that uh, for for all the people that spend a few days a week or a few days uh, a year in miami that are for crypto that's not enough to encourage a business to start accepting bitcoin you know, to have people amble in one time a year is just generally not going to cut it. Right. You've got to have a, you've got to have like a community of people that are interested in spending the cryptocurrency. And the fact is, these Bitcoin maximalists are just not interested in that. You know, maybe the Miami coin adopters, if there are enough of them, would be interested in that. But then again, you're dealing with a city of, I don't know, what, a million people? There's There's got to be at least a million or so people down there in Miami. It's a huge area. So, of course, the larger the city, the harder it's going to be to get into accepting cryptocurrency and actually have it be worthwhile because you have to have some significant percentage of uh, users to actually come in and spend the stuff. If you're one little uh, business on one end of town, well, most people aren't going to be going out of their way to go and get a sandwich from you or whatever. Although some crypto people are certainly willing to go out of their way. But it's one thing to go out of your way in Keene, New Hampshire, where you can drive across the city in five minutes. And it's a whole other story to go out of your way in a city like Miami. And we still do go out of our way sometimes. We go over to Taco Beyondo and we'll drive, yeah, that's a, a, 45 drive and a half, drive. 45 yeah, minutes to get a taco that's or a true. burrito. You know? The number is 603-283-6160. Uh, you can join us here. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It's Ian J and Matt in the studio here tonight. We'll talk in a little while about people's spending habits. They're changing, as you might imagine, as money gets tighter and tighter with inflation affecting Pretty much everyone, unless you've gone total crypto or total gold and silver, uh, you know, total alternatives where you're not even earning dollars, you're not even touching dollars. And Jay, you might almost be to that point. I don't know what percentage because I know you used to uh, to offer people a significant discount if they paid you in cryptocurrency as opposed to the U.S. dollar. How's that turned out for you? I know you've been doing it for the last couple years at least if not longer uh, uh, what I'll percentage give, i'll give you uh, if you can say i can say how it turned out for me mm-hmm. so two years ago you know you guys i i uh, you know my daughter cypress was born yep and uh sitting in a you know hospital watching some tv and i don't have a tv at my house i haven't had a tv you know since i moved to my parents house basically yeah me neither and so it's like whatever cnn or fox or something and you know we were in there for a few days wife had to have a siege section <clears throat> and so i'm sort of you know watching these you know this is right you know february 2020 and right before the scandemic <clears throat> and so uh shortly after that i spent um i cashed up some of my cryptocurrency i bought 250 piglets i bought um you know a whole bunch of uh you know my infrastructure to sort of deal with them and pay guys to help me cut down trees and clear land and put up fences Mm -hmm. and you know feed these piglets and then i you know sold them on craigslist uh to for and 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 it was a hundred dollars if you paid me uh cryptocurrency bullion or bullets 
uh, that I put on a Craigslist ad, and it was 150 bucks if you pay cash. Wow. So um, so a 33% discount. Correct. Wow. That's pretty deep. Now to pass. Nice. So, to, so, so I basically have earned a lot of cryptocurrency uh, mm-hmm. at like, um, and you know, a few months ago when it was really high in the 60s and the 70s, and I've held on to it, and now it's, you know, what is it, uh, 40-something today. Yeah, 43, something like that. So you know, I've I've had to definitely cash them up at a loss, mm-hmm. and I definitely gave people a discount for accepting it. So it it, it financially hurt me actually pretty bad hmm. uh, because well you know I got to pay property taxes mm-hmm. or you know men what guns are going to show up and tell me I can't live there right um, and you know you got pay electric bill you know I buy you know diesel fuel and you know I, I uh, hire some help and you know I buy you know corn and I buy pig feed and I buy grain and you know um and just you know all kinds of stuff plus you know we got to live and uh so uh it it's um i'm not like crying about it but it, you know it, it and hmm. it, it just happens it's you know it's, it's kind of the way it goes sure i mean you could it could have gone up and uh, you've been I, I know you've been cooking for years at the porcupine yep. freedom festival as i recall you've been yep. accepting crypto for that too yep. so that's probably gone up, right? Like over all those it, years. Yeah, that's done. Yeah. And you know, but yeah. like you know, all the money I earned at you know Pork Fest last year went to pay property tax, basically. Yeah. Actually, Pork Fest was Ugh. a little sad last year, uh, money wise. I did actually. Really, it wasn't it the biggest year yet. For- I I was just not in the right spot, and and oh, the, the problem with Pork Fest is they were all like, "There's going to be so many people, and there's not enough vendors." Everybody bring food. Everybody bring food. So mm-hmm. people are like, oh man, I'd love to like buy your stuff, but I got I packed my freezer and I brought I packed coolers full of meat because they said there wasn't going to be enough vendors here. What? Oh uh, yeah, even Sean Grissom, he had he 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 didn't do too well because he brought Damn. like he brought all his food trucks. You know, he didn't like. That's I, a shock. I'm not sure how much he lost. He didn't really make any money. Um, <sighs> wow. I, I might have made a little bit money, but like the year before was way better. Huh? And actually, what actually made like the broke even break even point because I came home with a whole bunch of meat I couldn't sell, mm. and what actually made the broke even point is when they had Ian Fest here for your birthday party, <laughs> and and basically what the, my thing was is like all right I'm just cooking up all this meat you guys just give me whatever you want and I don't know how much money was in the pot but basically it like I, I was able to totally pay all the property taxes wow uh, after okay. Ian Fest amazing and I, I had no quite idea able to pay the property taxes you know. <laughs> Before Ian Fest, I was a little disappointed with Pork Fest for that, and then we, we stayed all through. You know, we stayed up there for the two weeks, and then I got really sick when, as soon as I got home. Oh, you know, wow. for a couple of days. Uh, but um, but you know, I'll be back there. I don't know if I'm going to stay. I I it stayed a whole two weeks. We got a, a major expansion of our farm going on, mm-hmm. and we got a lot going on. And um, but I'll definitely be up there for um as much of it as we can. We might go up there. And then just leave the campsite set up and come home for a couple of days and then go back. We're not sure what we're going to okay. do yet. But cool. Well, at- we're expecting to be there. And, you know, whether I'll, I can attend or not is going to be up to my federal handlers. Uh, so and you know see. what, Ian? If you can't, we're totally doing another Ian Fest. <laughs> and, Jay, if you bring me and do this again, I will contribute all the side dishes and uh, oh, hot sweet. That hot worked out really good. Was that great. was a nice setup. Corn of the cob, Thanks, potatoes, all kinds of stuff. That. Uh, by the way, uh, Fork Fest is happening. You mentioned there's two weeks, uh, Jay. And, of course, the first week is the Porcupine Freedom Festival. As we mentioned, that is nearly, if not completely, sold out at this point. If you're going to get a ticket to that, you may have to buy it on the secondary market. And those are usually available. Uh, check out porkfest.com for that. The week after is the sixth annual Forkfest. That is the decentralized alternative where there's no central committee. There's no 
anybody deciding, you know, there's no official organizer. It's just every individual shows up and they decide what to do. So if you want to create a poker game for people to play, if you want to put on karaoke, if you want to have a band play, um, that's up to you. You got to make it happen at ForkFest. So you go to ForkFest.party. You can learn more about the event. It's happening June 27th through July 3rd. Rogers Campground is the same place that it happens every year. It's a beautiful location in the White Mountains of New Hampshire, and it is decentralized. All you have to do to attend, there's no tickets, because again, there's no central organization. Uh, all you have to do to attend ForkFest is just reserve your campsite, your RV site, or your motel room with Rogers Campground for any time between June 27th and July 3rd. And if you can if you can stay all the way through the weekend, I recommend it, because they've got a killer fireworks show that they do at the uh, the hotel there at, at Rogers Campground every year. It's absolutely incredible. So... Uh, if you like a good fireworks show, you don't want to miss this. Head over to ForkFest.Party. You can learn more there. So, Jay, you've been targeted by the DCYF people not once but twice. That's correct. There were some allegations about your wife using marijuana at some point, and they started an investigation over that. I don't know. Was that last year? I think, that was six point? months ago when my son was born. Yeah, and they uh, they started that. That seemed to kind of blow over. Uh, relatively quickly, you didn't give him any any uh, any rope, right? No, There's no. A- I I said to him, uh, hey, I you know you guys uh, leave me alone, mind your own business, and uh, I'm not interested in. I, I said I reject your offer to contract with me. Mm. They wanted and, to talk to you, I presume. Right. Well, what they wanted to do was come look in the house, and mm. you know, I, I don't, they wanted to like, oh, they were they, they they wanted to make sure my wife didn't breastfeed. And they wanted to, and they sent us this information about, you know, breastfeeding and THC and whatnot. And um, what a bizarre world we live in right now. Right. I mean, first off, so I'm like, where's the evidence that THC has, you know, any damaging effects? And we all know there's all kinds of studies where it shows that, you know, it has a lot of medicinal benefits. But the government, because the government has a protectionism racket for, you know, they're providing for big pharma and, you know, and and big oil. I mean, Mm -hmm. the only reason... You know, cannabis is illegal is because uh, basically Henry Ford was like, well, wow, we can use this in our in, in, in our Model T Ford and we don't need to use Rockefeller's petroleum. And, and then uh, and that was after they uh, got rid of uh, alcohol because Henry Ford actually the original Ford tractors and cars ran on alcohol. Uh, 120, 130 years ago, farmers all over America, they made their own fuel. They stilled alcohol. If they had leftover corn, leftover, you know, grains, you know, grasses, you could even trim weeds on the side of the road and you can get alcohol from them. And that was, that is a tradition that's been an American tradition for a very long time is used as an astringent, used as a motor fuel, used as a lamp fuel. Alcohol is cool. Alcohol is really cool. There's a guy named David Bloom. He wrote a book called Alcohol Can Be a Gas. And he explains how the temperance movement was paid by Rockefeller, uh, you know, U.S. Standard Oil at the time to get rid of alcohol because mm. alcohol was a motor fuel of the day. It's very clean, um, and it's um, it's about 106 octane. You know, your your 7,000 power, your, yeah, your 7,000 horsepower funny cars. You know that launch down launch a you know a, a quarter mile and you know 2.7 seconds or whatever it is. They're extremely fast. They all run on alcohol. 
That doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I, I didn't know that about the temperance movement, but it's, I'm not not shocked. I mean, you mentioned can, uh, cannabis, and well, of course we know that I think it was DuPont was one of the well, organizations it was, against... It was DuPont, it was big oil because hemp seed... And the newspapermen. And newspapers. Right? So cannabis, you had you basically took the fiber and you made you know um, hemp products, and then you had the seed left over and you, and you pressed the seed, and there was such a huge market for this, uh, such a huge surplus of hemp oil from pressing the seed, and then you would use the, uh, the dried seed as uh, animal feed. It was really good animal feed. It's good human feed and then you have this oil left over that uh it basically diesel engines run off and in fact rudolph diesel pretty much created the diesel engine to run on uh hemp oil on purpose yes. so that farmers could make their own fuel because in germany you couldn't get crude oil you had to use whale oil we're going to continue here hour number two is on the way we'll get an update from jay on the latest on the situation with his kids being threatened by dcyf and and i know you're certainly not alone in this situation jay so maybe some other folks out there can i don't know take a lesson or two from some of the things you've learned we'll get into it coming up it's free talk live Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Whether you want to talk about cryptocurrency, the Bitcoin conference going on right now in Miami, or the Monero conference. We started the show with that. Uh, But now we're talking about DCYF attacking our friend and sometime co-host. He's back tonight. Jay Noon is with us. Also, it's Ian and Matt in the studio. The number again, 603-283-6160. They are coming at your family, Jay Noon. And there's a uh, an order that has been issued by some robed man or woman out of, was it Hillsborough District there? That's correct, Hillsborough District Court. And uh, the judge's uh, stamped signature on here is Aaron B. McIntyre. So Ms. McIntyre ordered some armed people to go to your house and try to intimidate their way into your home that didn't work so last week the 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 social workers are not armed but the cops who showed up were the cops who showed up were mm-hmm. are very much um on my side in this particular situation now that of course i'm skeptical of because yep. it's hard to believe the police are going to take the side of someone who's not one of their own bureaucrats but these people don't always work directly together they uh, the city they're like you described it as city people right like you said the the uh, people from dcyf were city, city urban, dwellers city urban liberal types mm-hmm. city urban liberal types right yes. one of them looked like she was you know straight out of uh the ca- central casting for butch dyke lesbian yeah so, so it could also be stated as 
city urban nonsense types. Sure. I like city <laughs> urban. Uh, Tim Pool's the one who, I who, that one. who, who, who got... Oh, uh, <laughs> who, who 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 uses that term, and, uh-huh. and, and we refer to it as an acronym, city urban yeah. liberal type, for cult. Oh, okay. Because the, uh, you know, it is essentially, so government is essentially a cult, but what, what is happening, uh, and, and, and is, is... It is totally a cult. Is, it is uh, totally a percent. We are in the midst of a multi-generational culture war. Absolutely. Uh, I've been saying that for years. I, I saw you say that the other day, and I was so refreshed that somebody else spit that out. And I've been saying for years it's going to be what it's going to come down to is city people versus country people. Like, mm-hmm. this is the way we live, and it's not the way we want to live. The You know, we don't want to live the way you live, but, you know, they have more voting power, so they're just going to force their ways on us. Like like one of the cops that showed up, for example, is a Henniker cop, and, um, you know, uh, at my property, when because literally the DCYF workers are pretty much just aggravating, you know, the Henniker police, best I can tell. They're they're like, you know, they're they're sort of like and eh, just kinda quiet about what they say. They're a little careful. They know I like record and, and they got cameras yep. out. The and, video's you know, up at freekeen.com for and, those who haven't seen it. And like I got some surveillance cameras on the property and so they're like, you know I'm you know They're I on mean, their best behavior. They're on their best behavior. They they um uh, but even like the one guy, you know, one officer showed up that that was in that video, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I grew up on a dairy farm." And, Had you met him before? Uh, not that particular okay. guy. No, there's another guy who um, who's a former special forces guy. I forget his name, uh, but he's like the guy that has showed up a couple of times when there was like we had a you know we do a big pig roast every every mm. spring. We're doing one in a couple weeks, um, and. Uh, the, um, is he showing up to get some pig, or is he showing up because someone, some neighbor, busybody neighbor, called them in? Because uh, my neighbor calls them in, and <laughs> so he's also the same guy. He comes <laughs> over. He goes, "We just want to tell you that there was a um, a noise complaint about because I, you know, I host a gun church event every week or every other week. Well, it's right. like it's it's once a month. It's usually the third Wednesday. Oh no, I'm sorry, third Sunday of the month. But we mm. didn't do one last month because it was mud season. It's your right um, to do, by the way. You can. You, they don't have a prohibition against firing guns in most small towns in New Hampshire. And uh, it's exactly what the cops said. And he's like, "Hey, listen, you guys aren't in trouble. You have a right to do it." Mm-hmm. Um, he says, "We can't stop you from doing it." And he's, he says, uh, "You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys are you know exercising your right to bear arms." Okay. And uh, I just, we just want to let you know. And so we chatted a little bit. So we've chatted a handful of times. Uh, I, I, that guy's name is, I think, Jesse. I don't know his last name. But, uh, but like, he seemed, you know, and, you know, he seems like he's just, you know, he, he strikes. Now, I've done with a I've My police interactions go back my entire life. The first police interaction. Mm. Well, first off, so my grandfather was a state trooper. Oh, wow. My mom's father was a lieutenant detective in the Massachusetts State Police. Now, he retired in, like, 1984. I was, like, you know, four or five years old then, so I don't remember those days. But mm-hmm. I do, you know, he'd, like, you know, ride around with us, and he'd tell us about, like, things he's done and, like, you know, saving people. And and, I, and he even, like, I can remember being, like, I don't know, I was, like, old enough to drive a car. I was 16, 17, and we were talking about traffic tickets. And and I, I was with him one day, and he's, like, I go, what's that about? He goes, is it about safety or about revenue? <laughs> He goes, oh, it's totally about revenue. Wow. They know it. And, and, yeah. and he's like, if you don't, you know, as a police officer, if you don't like, you know, perform. Um, and that now they all claim that, like, there is no such thing as a quota. And but there are every now and then. No, it's know, called a departmental average. 
That's the, uh, oh, the terminology okay. they use. Term. So the departmental average is not a quota. So whenever they're asked, do you guys have a quota at such and such police department? They can say, no, we don't have a quota. They're so dirty. And what they mean is, yes, we have a departmental average, which is, okay, what's the average number of tickets written per month by each officer in the department? If you're mm-hmm. above the average, you get an attaboy. And if you're below the average, you you know get your butt kicked. If or that's the case, why don't cops just be better people and gang up on the system themselves and say, you know what, guys? We got to average this down. Well, they this need the month. revenue. They get canceled. Like yeah. anybody else, you, know, you get the you get the overnight shift or the, the whatever the crappy shift is. And it, it, it's no, the same no overtime. Right. It's the same reason why nobody in the legislature, you know, wants to essentially like go after DCYF or go like after like to abolish it completely right, or, go, or abolish the liquor commission correct. and things like that. Yeah. But even like DCYF and the teachers union, especially, and like you know, and going after these teachers and. and because they're very afraid to get canceled. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most politicians aren't really concerned about, you know, serving serving the people. They, you know, their concern is to get reelected. Right. Um, That's why I was so proud of the 13 reps that voted for, uh, not for independence, but for allowing the people in New Hampshire to vote on independence. Only 13 out of uh, 400 reps voted for this. And it was 323 to 13. So... We need more people with the courage to actually put their Integrity. convictions on the yeah, put their convictions on the line. So, so thinking, st- uh, I'll digress a little bit. Let me throw this out there with uh, respect to an election that's going to be coming up pretty soon. Every two um, years, the whole uh, state gets reelected. The, yep. There's uh, a great idea to make signs. So you make yard signs that have an arrow on them, and it says, um, "Voted to mask your children." I've been seeing up. And so what you do is you put it right next to whoever was a politician that Ooh. voted to mask your children. Okay. So, okay. so, so my property, I have about 1300 foot of road frontage on that, you know, state route 114. Yep. It's, it's not a really busy road, but it's, it's, it's pretty trafficy in, in the morning and in, and in the evening. And, um, so, well, I'm going to make like a corral of all of the, uh, political signs of all the like locals that are in Hillsborough, county and merrimack county because i'm right on the line mm-hmm. you know uh where is in hillsborough county uh, concord is on merrimack county so we'll do all the concord i mean all the um local dunbarton and pretty much everybody would drive by so dunbarton deering henniker where and we're going to make a corral and i'm going to put an electric fence around it because uh oh i don't know if i told you about this i had my um anti-mask signs out front Mm -hmm. and uh this old lady like tore them all apart (gasps) and i got it on video really yeah and we just found out who she is she's some local you know career parasite uh from uh where she's always a government worker uh she was she's retired wow Um, she thinks she's completely immune she probably she might be are they gonna bring charges no, 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 no. I just want to make I just want to make fun of her. Just embarrass her. You know, yeah, I just want to like you know expose. Because that's how, how that's petty. supposed to be a felony, right? Like if you go out there and you mess with somebody else's political signs, there. Yeah, that's a big that's deal. Crime. Yep, and we got it all on camera. Wow. Um So, uh, which is pretty pretty hilarious. And um, would yeah, you get so, like a deer camera out there or something? No, I got a, I got a pretty decent security system set up at my place. Um, and you could identify her. I didn't, but I posted it in a local in a couple local so signal chats. Car or whatever, and they're like, tell- "Oh, we know who she is," ah. and yeah, they identified. And, and, and you know, Jay, it would be great to bring some of that taxpayer money back to you. Maybe you should have a talk with her about 
the legal ramifications of mm. destroying your political speech. Yeah, yeah. Show up the, you're getting good with video. Show up at her house with a video camera and show her the Same, footage. You know, I'm sure we can come to something here She'll to be make this right. Soon. Okay, right on. Uh, we got more coming up here with what's going on. And that's one of the benefits of being in a small town. It's like everybody knows everybody. You can't yeah, hide. Don't do stupid things when you live in a small town or anywhere. There's more coming up here. It's 603-283-6160. You can join us on the radio. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can join us here. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. want to say thanks to Dan Gaudreau, who is a Free Talk Live supporter. A longtime supporter of Free Talk Live. Silver Level, which means he is doing at least five bucks a month over at amps.freetalklive.com. Amps stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way for you to help us get Free Talk Live onto more great radio stations around the country. And uh, expose new people to the ideas of liberty if you think that's worth five bucks a month. And please join Dan over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. We're going to go to your phone calls. More about what's going on in uh, Jay Noon with his family being attacked by and threatened by the DCYF goons. You can see video of their first visit to your farm that happened last Friday, this past Friday. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, that video is up over at freekeen.com, the Freekeen Odyssey channel, so check that out. We'll continue the discussion here about the culture war as well, as Jay has described it. Sarah, though, is in uh, New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Sarah? Oops, sorry, my bad. Levitation. There you are. Yeah, can you hear what now? me now? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, um, so I was going to bring up the magnetic levitation trains. And so they're, uh, these you are love actually, a good choo-choo. Well, they, <laughs> the thing is that they have these in Europe and in Japan uh-huh. for many decades. So, And we don't have them here in the U.S., and they're very em- environmental. So it's magnetic, and then when they run the electric current through um the train it actually is suspended mm-hmm. for one one inch that's why they call it a levitation train so it has no friction so that it could it could travel up to like 100 miles per hour it goes very very fast mm-hmm. yeah it so sounds like I'm cool sure technology that... what about it okay so my whole point is that you know we need to bring this to america we who I mean, the environmentalists, the, you know, the people like myself that want clean energy. This is definitely a clean energy train. The, they've tried bringing so they, these, these technologies to America. So what happened in California, and I believe I heard it on Free Talk Live. I don't know where I heard it. And, you know, I'm just recalling this from years ago. So there was some, like, um, thing where they spent, like, $50 million. Um, they had a budget of $50 million to build this, you know, phase of, you know, like, trenching out the you know the ground and setting it all up to put this track in and they get like i don't know 10 percent like way through the project and the money is just all like dried up gone and they've and they've spent like so they went way over budget triple budget and like nothing you know like a road to nowhere thing like the boston big dig thing cost that happens with every government project Mm -hmm. every government project just is just 
line in the pockets of all their friends. Well, but Sarah's the talking Sarah... about environmentalists like her doing it. Yeah, that's I what would I was going to say. I would be okay with that. It sounds like you're saying, Sarah, you want to raise money voluntarily to make uh, a maglev train, right? Like You want the environmentalists to pour some money into a fund and, and buy some private property and, and put a train on it. That's what you're saying, right? No, I just, I just think so. They need to take out this um, corruption out. Um, That's not going to happen at the government level. But Sarah, if you, if you start a project to build a maglev train that's going to function anywhere in the United States, I will personally invest five hundred dollars toward it. <laughs> and, wow! Even if you never get to ride it, uh, even if I never get to ride it, Man, but if dedication. Sarah is going to do this. And raise private capital to do it. I will be in for five hundred bucks, and I want to return on the investment. All right, so that's really easy to do, Sarah. So you want to go to a website? Uh, go, uh, give send go, <laughs> give send go. Just well, set right, one of these I'm, up. I'm more, I'm more concerned about educating the public that this exists. The problem is that they, the the public can't put pressure to build these things without all the money getting siphoned out, like you said, a big gig and a bridge to nowhere in Alaska. And actually, they've been doing this in Albuquerque here. They've been embezzling money for this and this forever. This I'm sure. So you know then that the government cannot be trusted to do this job. But the, here's the thing about New Mexico. The Albuquerque is that they did put, put up bus la- uh, lines in, in the long run because people demanded buses. In the meanwhile, they would get federal grant money to New Mexico and would get all siphoned out, and none of the buses would get built. But now we got rapid ride, we got uh, rail runner, we got bus services because people are people know that we can have a better service. Now we ride the bus for free. It's it's so once you take the if if enough people get educated, that's why they want to stupid. All the TV shows are just entertainment. They want us to, to be dumb, so we. That we don't know that these things exist. So my poor point, I'm calling this show. It's, I mean, because it's important to me that whatever listeners are listening in the radio and the computer and um, the internet, if they know that these things exist and you could implement it, it's, it's the matter of you demand it. You you know that you you want these things and you can make it happen. But you didn't answer I, my I question. Know. You 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 are acknowledging that the government is not the right way to implement this program, right? Like, you know they're going to waste money. You know they're going to screw things up, right? Yeah, I mean, but what, what are my... I mean, what are my hopes of uh, raising funds that time? Like, billions of dollars to make this happen. When you got the petroleum oil oil companies, they're the one that's big deals. I mean, they're the one that's fighting... So because you don't believe in yourself, you want to turn to the state, even though you know that they're going to throw money down a rat hole, set it on fire, give it to all their buddies. Uh, you still you still believe in them, even though you already acknowledge that they are terrible at this. Right, and also okay. part of it is that that's petroleum not, that's oil not a surprise. Also, that's a, that's a, that's a, you that's knew a your five hundred dollars was going to be safe. Didn't yeah, you, I'm not. I, you know, I, I could have told her fifty thousand dollars, and she still would have beat it on the. You know, Sarah, if you form a corporation, which 
I know you hate as a communist, but if you form a, cor- a corporation, you can raise the money you need from people like me who are interested in seeing something like that happen. If people are interested, yeah, the money is there. If that's what people actually want, they'll put money into it and yep. it will happen. But that's the thing. Government loves to do projects that people aren't interested in, that only the politically connected few uh, are interested in. Thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. The number, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. You know, if Sarah did that, there she wouldn't siphon a single dollar. She, If she really believes in it, she would put as much money as she possibly could and not lose a penny because it's got to go to that project. She mm-hmm. knows how important it is. Uh, Sarah, I'm very proud of you. Uh, you've come a long way. She uh, has. She, I mean, I... I yeah, she's not working. She's not living in a welfare house now. That's great. That's great. And I actually, I honestly just like feel better, like listening to Sarah that she acknowledges, you know, these things that we've been talking about for years with the wasting government. And the thing is, any kind of project, like you can never build an inter- interstate system with all the red tape you have going on, uh, mm-hmm. and there's just no way to get anything done. You would be allowed. It's, it's almost impossible to build a house somewhere without filling yep. out all kinds of forms, even in the middle of woods. And, and Sarah talked about the the, the, the the dumbing down and the bread and circus and everybody's being controlled by, you know, you know the bread and circus. And that's another thing I really want to get into is um, I've been working on a lecture on investing in our posterity. And our posterity is everyone's kids. That is the future. And it's, it's we've got a big problem that's going to hit us like a ton of bricks really soon in this mm-hmm. country. We'll talk about it coming up here. The number is 603-283-6160. You can join us. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Plus, inflation is affecting people's spending habits. We'll tell you some of the ways that that is the case. Of course, you're welcome to join us and bring whatever up that is on your mind to discuss here on Free Talk Live. Insight Daily Radio. Conversations with today's most interesting artists and creators. Author, humorist, and radio personality Garrison Keillor has been a fixture in popular culture with over 30 best-selling books and his Prairie Home Companion radio program since the 1970s. And he has a new book entitled Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel. We caught up with Garrison to chat about his new book and the beginnings of the radio program that brought the fictional town of Lake Wobegon to life. I simply go out and talk uh, through a section, improvising, and uh, and it's and it's uh, it's educational, it's very instructive. I don't know that any other writers work in the same way, but it's a beautiful advantage to um, to, to to be able to go from the laptop and the screen. And two days later, you're standing in front of 500 people and you're improvising your way through that same passage and you get a response from the audience that you were hoping for. They believe you. That's author and humorist Garrison Keillor, whose new book, Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel, comes out April 11th. Free Talk Live, you can join us here. The number, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's Ian. Jay. And Matt. Join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. We have a bunch of features there. You can download episodes of the show. 
that go back for years, and they are completely free. So head over to freetalklive.com. And we are, by the way, now on TikTok. Bonnie has launched a Free Talk Live TikTok channel, and uh, we had our what do you call them? Followers, I guess, jump up from like eight to forty-eight within the last twenty-four hours. So, welcome to uh, everybody who has followed us there. And we're going to keep posting. I guess Bonnie's going to keep posting clips to TikTok until they kick us off the platform, which we're sure is going to happen eventually. Because I'm pretty sure Free Talk Live violates their terms of service. Uh, but check us out at Free Talk Live there on TikTok as well. Uh, so we're talking about the situation, just sort of overarching themes and discussions about the DCYF targeting of your children. Jay, you were just making a point that about posterity, uh, and I think you were driving at something that you wanted to get out there tonight. So um, this is a, a, a topic I've been talking about for a long time. So as you guys know, I started uh, Man Camp. That's because, right. At the which is pie. great, by the way. It was a feature of the Pork Fest and the Fork Fest, I believe, for yep. a couple of years. And um, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It cost me a lot of money to do. Um, you know, I, I bought a lot of stuff. It was just you know a lot of work, and it you know didn't make any money. Um, so but it was that, about teaching kids how to get their hands dirty. It right? was basically man camp is my idea to um, to build confidence in kids by letting them essentially take a piece of iron and make something useful out of it. Mm. So one of the projects that we, so it's basically forging blacksmithing and uh, welding. So I've had, um, uh, a whole bunch of, imagine a six year old taking a piece of steel, putting it in a coal forge, getting it pink, cherry pink and putting on an anvil and just, you know, banging it with a hammer and you know about 20 30 40 minutes later he's got himself a little coat hook so one of the projects we would do with six-year-olds is they would make about four or five coat hooks and that's like uh about all the attention well make about three coat hooks most of them have uh, that's the attention's all gone but a couple of them make four or five so i had six-year-olds eight-year-olds nine-year-olds 15-year-olds 25-year-olds college graduates uh basically i've taught them you know, so you guys know those um, horseshoe coat racks I make. Yep. I weld mm-hmm. horseshoes together. So, like a lot of a bunch of kids did that. A bunch of guys did that. Uh, forging, just simple forging stuff, and we make like a little bottle opener. And then I, you know, a, a, a um, what I call the squirrel cooker. It's like a little, you know, uh, fork that's about you know sixteen inches long, made out of a piece, you know three sixteenths inch steel. And the kids, you know, point it and they twist it around and make it hot. And it's a lot of fun. Mm. Um, and. Uh, the people that scare me when I do that was never like the homeschooled, you know, earthy, crunchy, hippie, like, you know, young kids or teenagers. Mm. It was the college graduates are really? the ones who burnt themselves, are the ones who, <laughs> who, who like drop, like one guy dropped a piece of hot whatever in his, you know, sneaker. And I was oh, like, dude, God. you got to wear boots. So like I bought a whole, all the protective gear for the kids. So mm-hmm. I got like, I bought kids size welding gloves. I had to custom order them. You know, they were wow. like. They're like $38 a pair. Like I really make sure I, you know, get those things back because they're super expensive, but they're mm-hmm. like, like a seven, eight year old can like hold on to things good and he's well protected. Um, another friend like bought a bunch of these really nice denim shirts. They're sort of like fire resistant. And then we also had like extra pairs of like pants to kids that could just put right on over their other pants, you know, so they, cause you're playing with fire, you know, sure. you're playing with molten steel you're banging things around you wear gloves and all of their parents were always with them and uh but the thing is is so i did this like um at my right at my house you know every summer i've had a bunch of kids come over and you know different times events whatever um and they essentially pound iron 
Um, and uh, so that is a major confidence builder when a six-year-old you know, makes himself a couple iron co- coat hooks and he hangs them up in the house in a few mm-hmm. different places. You know, one kid, he's like, he was like eight when he did it. I think he's like 11 now. He made a toilet paper holder and a towel rat and a towel holder that's in the bathroom. And he says, every time his mom says, hey, Oh, he, he couldn't wait to show his grandparents when they came up from Florida to visit, or, you know, a friend comes over and oh, look at this, what I made at man camp. And, Oh, how'd you make that? Well, we got, you know, and like his friend just can't comprehend how that makes. So sure. this kid's like super proud of this. <clears throat> and also when when you use creativity and have to like use your body to make something and you got to, you know, put some blood, sweat and tears into it and you also have to be careful, well you use both hemispheres of the brain to like make this happen. So a lot of times what I would do is I would, you know, reference like a YouTube video. There's this guy um Alex Steele, he's from over in the UK, and he makes these awesome YouTube videos on all kinds of foraging. Check out Alex Steele. And so Alex Steele, like, gave me these ideas for, like, beginner, um, you know, uh, for, you know, beginner uh, simple blacksmithing projects. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, send a, and a lot of times I'm never even talking to the kids, like, in, you know, social, you know, like on Telegram or whatever, or um, <clears throat> on Signal, I'm talking to the parents. So I'm like, hey, this is what we're going to do. You know, sit down and watch this with your kids. So the kids are like watching blacksmithing videos and they're really interested. So they're getting prepped up for it. Yeah. So they get prepped. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to spend a whole bunch of time, you know, going through over what do they're homework. doing. Okay. So they, so they, they got to do homework first. You got to like pay attention. So when these kids do this, they learn about this and they watch things and they kind of absorb it on one side of their brain. Mm-hmm. So then what they have to do is now they have to take this information and now have to express it. So to so when you express that information, you've got to use the create the creative side of the brain. You're not mm-hmm. going to take the, the memory that you learned or the instructions you're being given by the instructor, and you have to do this. Um, <clears throat> this is very this this kind of like interaction and wrapping your brain your mind around like subjects does not exist really in the in the internet device era because what's happening is most kids are using the internet devices essentially as pacifiers because their parents are lazy and don't want to like you know babysit them or in academia for that matter where it's almost all book reading right like your book learned and and that too so when you can so it this builds this builds major confidence in these kids and they feel good about themselselves Mm -hmm. and they're like and and it gives them an understanding of like when they walk into like the one kid he sees like this metal art thing in walmart and it's like four dollars He says to his dad, and his dad's like sending me text messages. This is going on because he's just like, he's like, how can that be four dollars? That's got that would take me like at man camp like a whole day to manufacture. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, it comes from China, and, it's, and they use slaves to you know make this. And you know, like Hobby Lobby's full of this cheap cast iron art, and it's mm-hmm. like you know garbage, you know mass, you know produced by slaves and Uyghur Muslims that are going to later be harvested for their organs, you know, um, in, in China. It's, it's, you know, Luke Radowski talks about this a real lot uh, with, with the situation going on over there. So it sort of it sort of brings a reality into the world for kids because most kids grow up, you know, getting these entitlements from like Christmas and birthday and and, you know, whatever. They don't understand the value of things because they don't create. They don't build. And then they're, you know, sent to a public school and then they go to a college and then all of a sudden they're done with college, their brains develop it, all developed and they're adults and yet they've never engaged in any critical thinking whatsoever. Mm. Well, it takes critical thinking to do blacksmithing work. So um, man camp was my idea to save the world. So I've been aware of, and I've never used the term multi-generational cultural warfare until I started listening to the the, uh, Tim Cast um, 
uh, show. And, 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 and Luke, uh, uh, you know, uh, has been talking about it for a while. And I've never really paid attention to that term because I just didn't really think it applied to me. You know what I mean? Because I'm not like, I'm not a city guy. I just, I'm out in the country minding my own business and just trying to help out all my neighbors and friends because, you know, it's what I do. Well, it turns out the city people don't want to mind their business. And, and, and that's it. So my idea with man camp is if we can, and, and man camp is when I use the term man, it's, I'm talking about mankind. Mm. We're all men. Okay. And, and as far as I'm concerned, a woman is a man with a womb. But if if there's two kinds of people who want government, there's people who lack confidence and there's people who, and they're scared. And then there's people who are sociopaths that want to use that authority of government to, to control control others. Yep. So if we can instill confidence in young children and they can get that dopamine hit off of building that product or wow, like, I did something, something. Yeah, I made wow, that. I some, like you like you were doing dirt biking stuff when you were a little kid, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So you got the dopamine hits from that. Yep, love it. Still so do. Instead of winning a game, a video game. Or yeah, confident like people don't need government. Is the bottom line. Yeah, that's true. There's more coming up here. If you want to share your thoughts, 603-283-6160. Just the city people just don't want to leave other people alone. The number is 603-283-6160. But that's part of the reason why we need more freedom-loving folks to come here to New Hampshire if you actually want to be free in your lifetime. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603 603- 283-6160. Ian J and Matt in the studio here tonight. I did just post, by the way, a link to our social media account, social.freetalklive.com. Our account is at FTL. Uh, it is a link to Help the Noons, which is a Give, Send, Go donation site. We learned about Give, Send, Go during the Canadian trucker convoy as... Uh, the Canadian government was cracking down, and of course, uh, what was, what's the other one that's awful? Give GoFundMe. GoFundMe, yeah. Uh, they, of course, froze all those funds, and then the banks tried to freeze the funds. And then Give, Send, Go stepped up, and they said, we're not going to take down the fundraiser. Uh, and they did raise over, I think, $10 million Canadian in that particular case through Give, Send, Go. But, of course, the problem then came in. When uh, Gibson Go tried to transfer the money to the truckers' accounts, the bank accounts got frozen, so they never actually ended up getting a dime out of uh, Gibson Go, and I think all the the money ended up being refunded. If I recall, people got to get away from from government money and the whole system that that handles it. It's just all controlled. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, Roger Ver started uh, that the flip starter thing, the Bitcoin a, Cash thing. That's yeah. a Bitcoin that's Cash thing? based. Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. I knew he was promoting it. I didn't know if he was the one. Oh, I don't know. Either way, it's it. a it's a crypto. Uh, you know, analog to those types of things, and maybe right, that's, which cannot be stopped. You can't, can't stopped. stop uh, people's crypto contributions from coming in. Now, I'm not saying this is going to happen again with Give Send Go. This probably is going to uh, be a successful fundraiser, and it will probably be dispersed without issue because certainly the amount of attention given to uh, Jay Noon's case is not going to be close to what happened in Canada. Now, I mean, if we could blow it up so nice, large, but if we could blow it up so large that that you know enough people see it that in yeah. the state starts to look bad they will shut this will down try. through the banks too i don't know if they would get away with it because they they're not going to have the ability to say oh well you know this is terrorism like they did with the uh, the situation in canada I don't they could just gonna... say we're terrorists uh, i guess well, they can say know, whatever they and want if they're gonna do it um that's you know it just shows that the emperor has no clothes yeah and, yep. and, and completely and, just, and and every time the state retaliates uh, you, do you know how many people I know that are like, they just took all their money out of the bank 
over this you know, trucker thing. You know, when you got the, uh, what was it? I know was, some people closed their TD accounts, their oh, TD oh, bank oh, accounts. I know a lot of people did that. They took money out of the bank. And I'm like, and I've been telling everybody, you know, <clears throat> I actually wrote a thing uh, the other day in, in a local group chat. Uh, a signal chat uh, that uh, some people from, you know, Ware and Henniker chat in. And it's all, you know, a lot of it, we've been recruiting into these signal groups, essentially, locally, and getting on signal are just, um, you know, my neighbors, and they literally have the same values as me. Mm. Uh, they, they, they moved to New Hampshire because it was, you know, less, you know, a lot of people moved from Massachusetts to New Hampshire because of the income tax and because they were sick of the the mass holes they were sick mm-hmm. of um you know the the encroachment on on their freedoms the the critical race theory in the schools the uh the fact that you know they're you're teaching their kids you, the kids are being taught to dislike to, to hate themselves uh, you know it's like oh my daughter comes home and she you know she wants me to call her um george now or something you know <laughs> and and i'm like oh dude you send your kid to you know you know, Caesar's schools don't 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 be upset don't be when surprised. they come home acting like a Roman. Yeah. And uh, so anyways, uh, you know, uh, in that group, I, I kind of explained like the economy is basically like the Titanic. And uh, I, I should probably bring it up and read it so I can get through it if you guys want to uh, just say. Yeah, I just wanted to say I did post that link. So if you want to give some uh, voluntary contributions to help out Jay and his family against their fight against uh, DCYF, it is there now. Uh, it's a brand new fundraiser. They've only raised $200 so far, but I don't think it's been promoted at, at all. No, yeah, at we're going to so. we're gonna, we're gonna add more to that right now because I'm going to send some money to that gives and go right we'll now. We'll bump actually. that up. Now, I don't see crypto options on here. Do you know if... If uh, give send go and I, you didn't create the fundraiser. It was actually Angie, one of our other co-hosts, yep. uh, who created this. I feel like they would allow crypto links on there, but we're, I don't. We're gonna know. try. Okay. So okay. like like I said, we just we did, like this just happened. You mm-hmm. know, hours ago with that because we were looking at uh, GoFundMe and and I, I had to shut off my phone like the past couple of afternoons mm. so I could take a nap because I just yeah I've been trying to like I've been stressed you know yeah um yeah. coming after your kids but but anyway just real quick thing I'll, I'll read this I am pretty confident the so-called bubble has popped the only thing is the bubble is like the Titanic the normies on the left who follow the narrative are playing the violins. The bankers, big tech, media, pharma, and the war machine are stuffing their pockets with silverware and fine china. The elite got picked up by the helicopters. The working class and the crew of the ship are locked in the bilge and have just realized, or soon will, big tech and public education have turned their kids against them and have zombified everyone. Uh, it It was like I was on a Titanic, but I got into a, a raft. Oh, I wrote this wrong. So it basically, I was talking about how uh, in, um, why is that missing from there? In two, I got to fix this. In 2008, I was in the hay business and I had like $50,000 in accounts receivables because I had customers that paid me like, you know, quarterly. I had customers that paid me annually. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, and there was like 50, 50 grand that I was owed and basically about 40 of it. I just never recovered. And, and, you know, like that backhoe I got, it was one of those deals mm-hmm. that I was owed a bunch of money and the guy gave it to me. He owed me like 7,500 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, sitting up at my place. Um, and I write, uh, that I, that I am so glad I am not on a Titanic, the Titanic this time around. I do not have any money owed to me, and uh, my 25 and 20-year-old trucks are paid off. It's a good feeling. I have been telling everybody uh, for years to practice barter, trade, using crypto, and practice not using bank accounts or credit cards for decades uh, now. And if anybody has money in the bank, they are foolish. If... Mm -hmm. uh, 
it, you know, and if your financial assets are in fiat, you are foolish. I am probably preaching to the choir here, but if anyone has questions and want to know how to protect themselves, uh, I can help you out. And then I just yeah. got a whole bunch of like, oh, you know, like, you know, people. And I'm like, well, I just refer them to the libertyadvisor.com and bitcoin.com. And, you know, because I'm just sort of busy. But there's sure. a lot of people freaking out right now. You know, I just brought I just went and bought a bunch of cows the other, uh, you know, that I bought like three weeks ago. I had to go pick them up because I had to come off the pasture and. There's another screw up with this whole thing because we were supposed to build a pasture last week for these cows, and now I had to send them to another farm, which is another thing that's really got me pissed off. And you know, it's going to be part of this lawsuit that I'm going to require fifty thousand dollars an hour for my time. That basically the state screwing me up with. But anyways, when I drove to Massachusetts, it looked like 2008 all over again uh, the other day. Because you mean I, as far as like the recession? As far as there is just for sale signs for properties for houses. Really, just everywhere uh cars trucks excavators bulldozers i saw two bulldozers i stopped and looked at an excavator i got a friend looking to buy one it wasn't really the right thing you think people they need money and that's why they're selling i I think the money is really starting to evaporate um you know a lot of small business owners are just getting destroyed because nobody wants to come to work it's, it's crazy, it's isn't crazy it? It's crazy that nobody wants to work. Like I told you guys, I literally pay a babysitter $25 an hour to come work, and I only get her one day a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's good because she does all the farm chores with my daughter, and yeah. you know, and she can do that. So and I'm able to go do my mechanic work or you know things I can't do. I can't, I can't weld with kids around you know, because yeah. it's, it's, it's sort of a dangerous thing, and I got a lot of that to do. So uh, yeah, I have a babysitter one day a week, and and, and I'd love you to get her a couple of days a week, but she's making like 30 and $35 working some other gigs. And she only works for me sort of at that discount because, mm-hmm. well, I pay her in cryptocurrency or I pay her in meat and, um, and she's a good friend of mine. She likes to, you know, so it works well. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were talking before about people making a deliberate choice to come together as a community yep. of freedom loving people. You were talking about this culture war that's yep. going on between the, the city liberal types and the country, uh, you know, more freedom oriented people. And, you know, whether that's the only division, we, we can put that aside for a moment. There's yep. definitely a division between those who want to control others and those who want to live free. And if you want to live free, then I recommend getting out of Massachusetts, as you did, yep, Jay. absolutely. Uh, and, and actually, it was interesting, the uh, the Free State Project posted, uh, I think it was from the Republican Party, they looked at the the people who had registered to vote and wait, when you register to vote, they ask you where you were last registered yep. to vote. So they have some idea of like who's moving in and that kind of thing. And uh, the largest number of people moving to New Hampshire were coming up from Massachusetts. And a lot of people will say, aha, the mass souls are moving in. You guys will never have a chance. But the truth is, these are people like you described, Jay, people that are sick of big government and they want to get out of Massachusetts. They're not the Massachusetts liberals. They're mostly Republicans. Now, that doesn't, you know, I don't really care that much about Republicans versus Democrats. But the truth is, in New Hampshire, the Republican Party is not quite dominated by free staters, but getting there. Mm -hmm. It's getting taken over slowly, bit by bit. I don't know what percentage the free staters are of the the movers and the shakers in the Republican Party, but I'm going to guess it's a third of them, if not more. The summer of 2020, where you have the radical left torching and burning and murdering and causing hundreds of billions of dollars worth of damage, and then they're all getting bailed out, has really upset a lot of the Republicans, and they have 
they're, they're, and, and they're very sympathetic now to the libertarian cause. They sound that way. I suspect once somebody from Mexico shows up, they'll change their tune because I still hear them being very xenophobic. Yep. Uh, they're probably still, you know, anti-drug or whatever. Big they're on the flag. Still, they probably still want to get into your bedroom. Uh, but, you know, we can be friends with them where, where it's possible. Yep. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour of the program, talking about the nightmare of DCYF. And they call it different things in different states. It's all the uh, same. They're just kidnappers. CPF, uh, DCF, whatever. It's, it's always different. Uh, but here in New Hampshire, they're DCYF. And as I just learned from Jay Noon, who's our guest co-host here tonight, it's Ian and Mark, or not Mark, Ian and Matt. Uh, Whatever otherwise. feels good, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll just answer yes. Mark will be back at some point, though. He is planning on returning to New Hampshire and, and doing some shows with us, which would be fun. Uh, but uh, just learn that it's actually not Department of Children, Youth, and Families. It's the Division of Children, Youth, and Families, which, as you point out, Jay, is kind of an interesting distinction. That's because that's what they actually do. They is. divide children from <laughs> families. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I did not realize that that was what they were called. Uh, we're going to go back to your calls and thoughts here, and then Jay is going to regale us with his very first ever press release yep. uh, that you put together in relation to the situation where they're trying to steal your kids uh, from you. Uh, but first, we have Clamoring calling us from northern New Hampshire. Go ahead, Clamoring. Hey, guys. Hey. Hello. Um, so, pardon me, because I'm just tuning in, so I don't know what's been covered already, but I've just heard of Jay's situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you guys know, this is a topic that's really important to me. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a nightmare situation for any parent. Um, and, you know, I I was until very recently a foster parent, and I previously worked with DCYF very closely. Um, so I have a lot of experience with DCYF, especially in New Hampshire, um, which has been overall horrible as oh, an advocate. Um, but this is what our community does. We help each other in the things that we're good at. Um, so, Jay, do you still have your beautiful children? Well, they are in hiding right now. But, yes, they are in a safe good. place. So, well, it's, it's a little um, sad. You know, um, Cyprus is, uh, you know, she wants her daddy and she wants to work with her daddy. And, you know, um, pretty much the, you know, a, a typical morning in my house is about, um, you know, I'm I'm usually up somewhere between five thirty and you know maybe seven thirty, depending on what's going on. And a lot of times, then now that the sun's up earlier. I just get up, mm. and um, <clears throat> you know, and then Cypress uh, sh- sh- is shortly up after I'm up, and sh- first thing she's doing, she's still in her jammies, and she runs over and she grabs her little muck boots and she puts them on, and then she brings my muck boots over because you know. We have a lot of mud, and we wear muck boots pretty much every day. And uh, she says, Daddy work. Daddy work. (laughs) Slave driver. Oh, she's getting me out of the house. And she's like, she goes, she's like, uh, we feed the ox and ox and and, and the nays and, 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 uh, and, you know, the moose. She doesn't say cow, pig, or, uh-huh. or, 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 or horse, you know, but, and we don't have a horse there, but sometimes she throws that's, that in the mix. Cute. But yeah, so I'm really missing that because I, you know, I haven't had my kids. Now you got more work to do. <laughs> well, yeah, and she's a great helper. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, what else, Clamoring? 
Oh, no, I was just uh, I was basically just checking in on Jay because, uh, you know, like I said, I have a lot of experience with DCYF and I've been pretty vocal that it's basically thinly veiled child trafficking. Ugh. Like, I don't have any good opinions. It, it's it. not I mean, thinly veiled. I mean, the definition of trafficking is buying, selling, or trading, and essentially the federal government and the state government are, you know, are are providing the dollars to, you know, to make this happen. And you know, in Carlos Morales's book, uh, what was it? Uh, Taken, a case against CP. He used to work for them. Right, right. In yeah, Florida he, or something. Like uh, that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. So he basically was was essentially a whistleblower and, uh, you know, wrote his book, of, you know, and certainly indicting them. And they want to get that federal money in a mm-hmm. bad way. And the way they get that federal money. The more kids, the more is, money. Is by you giving them the ability to come in your house and look around and interview your... It's just, a, just by literally agreeing to the order that actually doesn't even apply to anyone. Um, it applies to a to a police officer, a parole officer, or a. Yeah, it doesn't have worker. your name on. No, no, order. it's not an order for me to do anything. Yeah, but this is very much trickery that these people use because there's a lot of people. Like I have a tremendous amount of experience with the court. In system. court, yeah, you uh, know to I've, to read a document, you know to, how to to interpret what they're saying. I've been the an average person doesn't know since I'm 15 years old. Yeah, and um, so anyways, uh. The average person just gets scared by the fact that there's an officer with a gun yeah. in, you know, at Not, their front door and somebody yeah. with official-looking forms. And they say, okay, we'll do whatever you want. And, and, and it's literally yeah. fraud, and, and, and it needs to stop. Uh, Clamoring, anything else you, you want know, to share? Go ahead. Yeah, I'll just say um, from my previous experience as a foster parent, like in the, in the, like the Facebook groups that I'm in, everybody's just trying to get babies. Like all the infertile couples blah 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 and there's like, a lot of them it's a it's a whole it's a whole rigmarole so like, there's a market demand to get children so so you've met my uh, beautiful little boy right yes i have and would you say there's a market demand within that system for that beautiful little Ab- boy absolutely and my daughter absolutely. okay that's absolutely. nuts that's interesting i didn't really think of it that way you know we talked yeah, um, no, all of all of the groups are like they're they're just like i'm fostering to adopt i'm fostering to adopt wow. like we want babies we want kids we want like it's the whole system is set up to get children and what is the culture of these people who want these kids that are that are you know sterile people like what what's the culture of them do you have any idea um basically just they're in the foster system they're fostering children so that they can take the children away from their natural parents but the, is the and, culture of these people like, you know, are they the kind of people who are going to, you know, make a donation to Black Lives Matter? Or are they the kind of people that are going to, like, um, carry a gun, you know, uh, around with them in New Hampshire? I'd say the form, probably the former. Okay. <laughs> if I had to guess. So we <laughs> talked really briefly talk about, about DCYF and the idea of, well, why can't state representatives propose to just abolish them completely? And and you mentioned, you know, they don't have the political will to uh, to do it. They're afraid about getting reelected. But what if the proposal were made? The, uh, the of course, the the big objection is going to come up and they're going to say, OK, well, yeah, there's problems with DCYF. Of course, we can acknowledge there's problems with it. But what about the abusive situations? That's what we really have them there for us to go into the abusive homes, to get kids out of abusive homes where they're being beaten, they're being starved and to put them in the hands of people that can take better care of them. How, how do you address that? How do we get rid of DCYF and then address the abusive homes objection? Stop using it. Stop giving it life. 
Yeah, I'm not sure I have a good answer for that, but I can just tell you as a former foster parent, I like my last foster child had six different agencies and like getting an answer to an email took days to a week from any of them. And I had to coordinate as the foster parent, I had to coordinate like getting this child, her doctor's appointments and her medications and all of these things, but they didn't care about the foster parents. Like they're not, the system is not set up to take care of foster parents. They're, mm -hmm. they're really, really set up honestly to traffic children. Wow. Cause that's going to be the, the objection, right? Like if that actually ever is put forward, if a state representative ever puts forward, okay, we're let's abolish DCYF. There's going to be a public hearing and somebody's going to come in and they're going to trot out stories of, you know, we know Jay's a good guy. We know his wife is a good person. They're taking 100%. good care of their kids. But we also know there's probably somebody out there who is has abused their kids, and DCYF has probably come into that situation and removed those kids. So how would that work absent the DCYF? I mean, I'm not asking you guys to have answers immediately for it, but that's going to be something that people are going to want to hear an answer to. Uh, you talking about to like in a, in, a, in a stateless society kind of situation? Well, I mean, the proposal wouldn't be in a stateless society because we're not there yet. Right. The proposal would be how do we get from where we are today to having these bureaucrats being gone. Oh, well, I how mean, do you answer that objection? Political power makes a difference. Stop feeding the parasite. Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying, Matt, but you still have to convince people that it's a good idea. I, I get what you're saying. Take over the, uh, uh, the state representatives, and then you, you, you've just got the raw numbers. But you still got to convince people because otherwise they're going to drag you through the mud and say that you want to see children abused. So there's going to have to be some well, sort of an answer. But just to finish up, um, one thing I can say in my previous position as a domestic violence, sexual assault uh, survivor advocate, um, and I mostly worked with children in CACs, um, I can say that the individuals that I worked with, not the agencies, but the individuals that I worked with, all genuinely wanted the right things for the kids. Mm, so somehow the incentives get really warped with the bureaucracy. Thanks, Clamoring. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Talk live, phone number here, 603-283-6160. You can join us at 603-283-6160. You can also follow our Odyssey channel on the Odyssey video sharing platform, which is based on Library. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol. You can go to lbry.com to learn more about Library. And get over to our uh, video.freetalklive.com URL. That'll take you right to our Odyssey channel. You can follow our channel there. Watch us live or watch the show later on. That's all available for you at video.freetalklive.com. Here tonight, you've got Ian. Jay. And Matt. Jay, you wanted to share a press release here tonight, and I think we better get into it before we run out of time, because those things tend to happen uh, sooner rather than later sometimes in the third hour of the show. This is something that you put together to let the media know, I presume, about what's yep. been happening to you with DCYF. And, so, uh, go ahead. so I basically read this in a video, and uh, it says, Hi, friends. I'm Jay Noon. I'm from Henniker, New Hampshire. I am locally known as a farmer, rancher, modern-day cowboy, mechanic, blacksmith, influencer, inspiration to others, creator of man camp, and most importantly, a husband and a father. 
My family is currently under attack by the New Hampshire Division of Child, Youth, and Families, also known as DCYF. I teach my kids traditional American values that include hard work, farming, ranching, raising pigs, chickens, and cows. I have worked diligently for years now creating an environment for my kids to get their dopamine hits from feeding and caring for farm animals and gardening. I also teach a homeschool curriculum I call Man Camp. That was started with teaching kids blacksmithing, welding, forging, and now includes farming and ranching activities. Man Camp is my, is my plan to save the world by teaching our young, youngsters confidence through, through acquiring constructive building and creating skills with hands-on tools that have been around for thousands of years. I host a farm, uh, I host a farm Friday event <clears throat> where we invite mostly city urban families to our homestead to do farm chores such as feeding and caring for livestock, uh, preparing, sowing, cultivating, and harvesting food from gardens to encourage kids that do not live on farms to get off a of big tech and back to the land, as was a normal part of American culture a half a decade ago. I feel it is very vital for the future of America and the world that we heavily invest in our posterity. It basically requires your time as a parent or as anyone that cares about our posterity. When kids are getting their getting its dopamine hits, are getting their dopamine hits from hard work such as farming, ranching, gardening, or just doing chores around the house, they develop confidence, self-worth, valuable skills, and work ethic, which are very critical elements of society that are now missing. And these kids also do not need government. Just look around. We wanted, uh, just look around. Help wanted signs are everywhere. We are entering a period in history of a major epidemic of unmotivated and unskilled people. Thank you, academia, you know, the, the college push and wokeism. Now that you understand who I am and what my values are, I will explain this situation. A New Hampshire DCYF social worker named Melissa Combs has lied in her affidavit to the court multiple times. One example is she uses the term anti-government. The family lives on a compound with lookouts. (laughs) That is when I realized how dire the situation was and moved my family to a safe location several hours away. My wife, daughter, and son have not been in their home or on their farm for over a week now. This is very difficult for my family, and especially for my daughter, as she is constantly asking for her dad. She is begging my wife every day, several times, to go to work with dad dad. My daughter, whose favorite things in the world, favorite things to do is work with dad and read books with dad. Her favorite books are the ones about chickens, cows, pigs, and horses. The New Hampshire DCYF has a a motion to enter premises from the Hillsborough, New Hampshire District Court that was quite likely rubber stamped with several other DCYF cases, and it is signed by Judge Aaron B. McIntyre. The order says a police officer, juvenile parole officer, or child protection service worker shall enter the premises of the children in furtherance of the Department of Health and Human Services investigation to assess the immediate safety and well-being of the children. Furthermore, these creeps have an order to interview my two-year-old daughter alone 
without the parents and to compel the parents to provide information for the children's medical provider and to sign a release for information. Against my own sort of, you know, normal way of doing things, but due to the extreme pressure from my wife and other family members, this past Sunday, April 3rd, in the best interest of justice, I extended an olive branch and reached out to the Henniker chief of police. He offered and offered him to offered to invite them, as in the police, to my home to enter the premises to assess the immediate safety of the kids because I have nothing to hide. But I am not willing to allow professional trial traffickers on my land or near my kids. I believe the local rural Henniker police are good people and have similar values as I. <clears throat> DC. I, I learned on Thursday that DCYF rejected that offer. And they are continuing to come to our property and demanding I let them in the house and interview my kids. They continue to call the home phone. They call and text uh, my messages, uh, call and text message my wife's phone. The Henniker police chief told the DCYF that he believes my kids are not neglected. He's been to my homestead at least four times now, and we met him for breakfast one day uh, when this when this all started. But DCYF is still coming against us. The reason I am not allowing these child traffickers into my life is they have a horrible track record of destroying families. Just take a few minutes to internet search New Hampshire DCYF settlements, and you will see article after article where the state of New Hampshire had settled millions of dollars worth of lawsuits due to DCYF literally taking kids from families and giving these kids to child molesters and murderers. In at least two cases, the child molesters were were known child molesters. The current presidential administration, the courts, the legislature, legacy media, big tech, public schools, and academia have been infiltrated by radical leftist cult members for decades that have been engaged in a multi-generational cultural warfare against long-standing American values. The radical leftists don't have any kids, but they have yours. If you send your kids to public schools or let them use internet devices, then radical leftists have your kids. The solution is moms and dads need to get back to being responsible for their own and not just pawning that responsibility onto the government school systems and not using big tech internet devices as babysitters and pacifiers. We're going to talk more. You've got more to the press yes. release, a little bit more. Uh, coming up here in moments, if you've got a question for Jay Noon, he's here with us about his situation, which is not an unusual situation. These, as you call them, child traffickers are targeting parents, good parents, uh, all across the United States in similar circumstances. 603-283-6160. You can join us here. It is Free Talk Live. Yeah! Yep, it is Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian, Jay, and Matt in the studio tonight. We're talking about DCYF, a.k.a. the Division of Children, Youth, and Families. The people that like to steal kids from families and put them in the hands of some, in some cases, some pretty questionable, dangerous uh, individuals. 
that's what we're talking about right now. They're coming after Jay Noon's family. He is uh, a former regular co-host. You took some time off after having your first kid, and then you had a second one, so yep. you've definitely got uh, your hands full. I mean, no offense, but uh, I'm not interested in you know driving an hour, uh, hanging out for you know three hours and then driving another hour when i can spend that time reading books to my daughter sure hey man i got you you know i got nothing better to do than than to uh raise my kids you get your priorities it's right so uh but you're here tonight and uh, and that's because well you wanted to get the word out we'd we'd had you on the air you'd called in and talked about it but this is a, a more uh, detailed, I guess, dive into what's yes. been going on. You've got uh, the government goons. They came to your house last week. They've got a piece of paper from a robed man or woman uh, threatening not you directly, but ultimately you. It doesn't have your sure. name on it, but it basically tells these cops they can go into your house. To the police's credit in your area, which is rare that you'll hear us say that on this show, but uh, to their credit, they didn't. Uh, go through with what this judge was ordering. They don't have any actually authority to do it. Well, that's interesting because normally a cop will just do whatever a man in a robe says. No, the man in the robe doesn't say that they can come on the property. It says a police officer can uh, go on the premises, but they don't have to be allowed on the property. So that's different than going inside. Yep. But a lot of people don't understand that, right? right. When they right. read these things, or they probably not even going outside. They, they have to. You have to give them permission to go inside. The mm-hmm. order is for an officer to do this, but um, the uh, permission is to you know. Um, uh, so an officer can do it, and it says shall, and we know in legally shall means that means may. must. Oh, really? Shall does the shall mean must? I thought it meant shall may. means well, must. Yeah, thought, oh, okay. it means must. Well, like will. Right, so I got that a little wrong. Um, but anyways. But premises isn't defined, so it could be just right. being on the property. Um, anyway, you told them no. You're not going to let them inside. You've been trying to negotiate this. You uh, have a press release that you're in the middle of sharing with us. What kind of has gone over the whole story to some extent. It's, yep. it's, a, it's designed for someone who's brand new to the situation, Correct. specifically the media, which obviously you'd like to get uh, some coverage from. Whether they're going to be friendly or not is, of course, a whole other question. Yep, yep, but that's fine. you got to get the word out somehow. So, uh, And by the way, a fundraiser has been posted over at social.freetalklive.com. That, of course, also goes up on our Twitter account as well. So if you want to help out, Jay, there's a Give, Send, Go fundraiser link at social social.freetalklive.com on the FTL account there. But go ahead and pick up your press release where we left off, and then we'll get to some phone calls here. So I'll start at, the solution is, moms and dads need to get back to being responsible for their own, and not, not just pawning that responsibility onto the government school system, and not using big tech internet devices as babysitters and pacifiers. Get your kids out of the public schools. Remove big tech from their lives. Get your pig, get your kids back on the land and allow them to heal. Rudolf Steiner, the uh, creator of the Waldorf uh, school deal, um, our states, our highest endeavor must be to develop free human beings who are able of themselves to impart purpose and direction in their lives. They need for imagination, a sense of truth, and a feeling of responsibility. These three forces are very nerve of education. I need your help to defend my family from this intrusion into my life. You can help me in many different ways. By sharing this video with everyone you know, by calling the director of New Hampshire DCYF, Joe Risbon, at 603-271-9000. 
888-900-9389 and demanding the res- resignation of Melissa Combs. You can donate to our Give Send Go campaign at givesendgo.com backslash G33YC. And you, and you can use links or QR codes here to donate cryptocurrencies. I thank you for your time. Now raise your families, plant those gardens, and raise some farm animals with your kids. What a monster. This man needs to have his kids taken away. It's just amazing what these people are doing to you, Jay. Uh, There's something very Handmaid's Tale about this whole thing, too. It's like... You know, in the Handmaid's Tale, they took all the they took all the kids away from the women, and then they used the women for breed stock, and yep. and uh, you know, and then they they educated the the kids in their schools in their ways, and you know, Jay's talking about a culture war. How is this different than the Handmaid's Tale? It's not, and with everybody who got vaxxed and triple vaxxed and all this nonsense, and the people, you know, and then we have a lot of uh, women who were, uh, you know, basically uh, not allowed to be women through the pressure of, you know, their peers and academia. You need to do careers. Um, so, you know, infertility is a huge thing. There's obviously a tremendous demand in the marketplace for, um, for, for actually, I was told there's a major demand in the marketplace for, for uh, white um rural babies and hmm. people who uh if you want to you know get a kid you know very soon uh as as, as a foster parent and adopt a kid there's plenty of dr- drug addicted kids that you can adopt that you know are going to be like a major major um issue to deal with and take care of and are going to re- require a lot of medical attention and all kinds of things and i know some wonderful people i actually know a gay couple um in massachusetts and uh they're 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 just absolutely wonderful family um, two men, and they have adopted uh, kids that basically nobody would ever take care of. These guys have like hearts of gold. Uh, the one guy's a doctor. Uh, the other guy is like a business manager thing, or I don't know what he does. One guy's a doctor, and it, they make pretty good money. They, I know they get some money from the state. You know, this is in Massachusetts, but like, um, so they've took on a bunch of those kids, and I know those people. And I, you know, I bring a pony over for the birthday rides. You know, when I used to live down there. And, um, you know, but some of the kids are in wheelchairs. One of them's, you know, got a food tube and there's just, those are available right now, but, but good, healthy white, uh, babies are like the, the huge demand in that marketplace. Hmm. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to traffic those children. Yes, absolutely. No doubt. Let's go to Rob. He's on the line in Vermont. You're on free talk live. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah. Um, I'm Jay. I'm glad that you made the choice to move your family. That was a wise decision. Um, I mean, this, I'll tell you, this kind of thing has been going on a lot longer than what you guys realize. I went through the same kind of ambush myself, you know, over 40 years ago where the Department of Child Welfare came into our life, uh, you know, uh, turned my kids against me. The kids were taken away. You know, and put into foster care, and, and and you know, I went to prison for almost ten years for a crime I know damn well I didn't commit. Mm. And I, I mean, I've been in the paper. I've been telling people this. I mean, you guys all know I've been telling people this for almost fifteen years. You know, this thing happens, and when they take your kids, they poison them against you. They put them in foster care, and 
they'll adopt the children out if they can. And when they adopt the children out, the Department of Child Welfare, they make they make millions of dollars doing mm-hmm. this. And, you know, and it's sad. I mean, my own one son. They have contractors. You know, they got subcontractors. And this is a oh. kid that wants to kill me, Jay. Jeez. Oh, wow. You know, and, and this is what it does is it, it ghosts your own kids, you know, against you. And it, it, what do you do? You, you know? Talk about and, it on Free Talk Live. Yeah, unfortunately, there's not much more that you can do besides talk about it. And like you said, Rob, you've been trying for uh, decades to to talk to people about this. But that again, talking hasn't changed the situation. These bureaucrats are still in control. So, I mean, there has to be some other kind of solution. And, and thank you, Rob, for the call tonight. Uh, I'm sorry to hear about the you know the horrors. And there's no shortage to these horror stories out there of parents losing their kids to this system and whatever it is that happens to them in there. What do you do about that? Well, I mean, to me, the only solution is to not change the system, but to abolish it entirely. Completely. And until people are ready to start taking that seriously, we're never really going to see any serious change. You can change out the deck uh, deck, deck chairs, but it's still going to be the Titanic. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, phones open, you join us if you want here in the remaining moments, number 603-283-6160, that's 603-283-6160, it's Ian J, Noon, and Matt in the studio here tonight, our website, freetalklive.com, we have a uh, few different options for you if you want to subscribe to our podcast, if you'd like to have each episode of Free Talk Live delivered directly to you Without you having to even lift a finger, you just have to set it up. It doesn't take very long. You go to feeds.freetalklive.com. You'll find links there to our what they call RSS feeds. You can take one of those links. There's one for everything that we've released. There's the digest-only version. There's the full shows-only. You take whichever one you want and put it into your favorite podcast client, and then it'll automatically come straight to you, each MP3 file as we release and be right there on your phone or your laptop or whatever device it is you're running the podcast client on, whatever that happens to be. So head over to feeds.freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls and thoughts. David, in New Mexico, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, welcome to the club. Let me let me rattle off a couple of things and then I'll shut up. And um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, Jay. And, um, Thank you. I, First of all, let me let me ask you, and then let me rattle off this stuff. But just yes or no? Did you lay out earlier in the program? I didn't get to hear it all. What the uh, the, the the who, what, why, where, when, what, what they're after? I mean, what they're accusing you of? Uh, I, yeah, my uh, wife uh, left uh, my daughter in the car uh, and ran into a store, left the car running with the air conditioning on and locked because uh, the kid had just fallen asleep, and she had a six-month-old baby that she, you know, when she stopped at the place. Uh, the, the, um, she, she grabbed the, uh, baby, changed his diaper, um, then breastfed him a little bit in, in, in the, uh, front seat and then put the baby in a baby carrier, went in the store, uh, and my daughter, my, you know, two-year-old daughter was sleeping and, um, <clears throat> she parked a car like, you know, you know, right in like a good area. There was a couple surveillance cameras. It was, you know, right there right in front of the door. She had to grab, she right. ordered a few things, had to run in there and grab it, came back out, and there was busy bodies and a police officer. And then more cops showed up. Right. 
Got it. So it's it, one of one of the things I've said over the years. Oh, well, let me interject right there. That uh, thank you, Free Talk Live. Thank you, Ian and uh, Mark and other people, like-minded people that that uh, allow me have allowed me to speak and attempt to get the message out. And let me let me segue there uh, in a discon, discon, uh, disjointed way to uh, Pastor Martin Niemöller. Everybody should know who that is. And if you don't, then uh, first they came for the communists, but you weren't a communist. And then they came for the Jews, but you weren't a Jew. Then mm-hmm. they came for him, and they put him in a concentration camp with the Jews for a number of years where they probably intended him to die, but the war was over and he didn't die. And and so uh, 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 and let me finish rattling the things off, and hopefully you won't get fr- from from other than Ian and Mark and the other people that I've that uh, are included in that positive group that have allowed me to speak. Um, hopefully, you won't get hate and ridicule uh, uh, because a lot of people that uh, can that uh, fight for themselves uh, end up people don't want to hear them anymore, and they get hate and ridicule. Okay, enough of that. Um, and you 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 name you name names. Keep naming names. You named a name and a phone number. You named two names and a name. Just like uh, somebody that I might know, like M. Monica Zamora in the state of New Mexico, John J. Romero Jr. Both judges. Uh, I have a unanimous decision saying uh, overturning M. Monica Zamora. Keep naming names and 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 then. Uh, so, uh, Facebook, there's some good resources at Facebook, believe it or not. There's like your caller clamoring from New, Me- or from New Mexico, New Hampshire had uh, uh, listed out of uh, targeted individuals. Uh, there's a lot of, t- you'll see there's uh, targeted individuals on uh, Facebook. You know, before you go on with the, uh, the names that. and all that, you give me an idea. Um, th- there have been the occasional protests outside like the governor's house or the attorney general's house. Has there ever been a DCYF bureaucrat who's had a protest outside of their house? Has that ever been huh. a thing? Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they like they, coming they to people's homes, yeah, so why not give them a taste of their house. own medicine? Oh, boy. Yeah, I, I, mentioned, I mentioned that here and there over the years, uh, you know, and, and it's very hard uh, – Pastor Martin Niemeller, it's very hard to uh, warn these people that uh, you might want to help because after they've disposed of me and like and people like me, then they're coming for you for for a different reason. So you might want to pay attention. So what I was trying to say is there are helpful resources on Facebook. Uh, if you search, there there are many, 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 many different groups that have excellent legal advice because the, these people have all are are in it. They're they're been through it. They got professional legal help, and that information gets. It's put onto there for free under the if you search uh, uh, in your case it, oh and, and in my case CPS was never in, even involved in my case it was done completely without uh, CPS being involved simply getting a private attorney and uh, taking someone to court privately so it can be done in many different ways but uh, fight CPS and well then there's uh, the answer to my question CPS. earlier about okay well what is what are we going to say and thank you David for the call tonight you know what what are we going to say when somebody finally proposes to eliminate CPS or DCYF or whatever the hell they're called uh when somebody brings up the objection of well what about abusive parents what are, what are we going to do without DCYF and he just gave the example you don't even need them just bring a court action or something like that there's ways to do this that don't involve having a another another bureaucracy so um, anyway, just to go back to the idea of these bureaucrats, these DCYF bureaucrats, I mean, what's the woman's name again? Melissa Coombs. Melissa Coombs. She's got a house somewhere in New Hampshire. For sure. And I Hopefully. suspect if she's worked at that bureaucracy for some number of years, she's probably ruined a lot of people's lives. It's her whole yeah. job, probably. Yeah. I mean, she might strike gold every once in a while and get a really, you know, a really victimized kid out of the hands of a really bad person. And, but and most of the time, of these, she's probably just attacking good people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these, you know, like legit, let's say like there's like legit bad people that are. And, 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 a lot and, of them work for the state. 
Well, a legit bad people yeah. in general that don't work for the state that neglect and abuse their children and they're living with, you know, well, they say cockroaches. I'm not sure if cockroaches are in New Hampshire. I've never seen any in New Hampshire, only really in Florida. But, um, and like in, in horrible conditions. But I, I, all this stuff, a research I did, it, it seemed like all the real problematic folks were um, essentially people on welfare that were addicted to opiates. And uh, we know how the opiates come here. The, the United States mm-hmm. government subsidizes via the military occupation of Afghanistan the the harvest, basically the sowing, the harvesting, the cultivation, uh, the sowing, the cultivation, the harvesting, the processing of um, you know um, uh, poppy. And you know, Silver Dave's been talking about that for years. Ever since I've known him, he 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 served in Afghanistan on, uh, uh, with the special forces, and he said it's a heroin farm, and it was occupied by occupied by seventy nations of the world, literally for you know up until recently. And uh, but um, but there was heroin everywhere. And as a special forces guy, he like found a, like a heroin refining facility that was very modern and up to date, and there was like pallets full of heroin, and um, they had some leftover uh, explosives. And, and one of the stories he said was that they they rigged a place and they were waiting for the orders to charge it and they were like absolutely not and he like got in all kinds of trouble for that and uh but yeah the purpose of uh you know so all the all the dope that's being brought into this country the heroin is government subsidized the government is pushing it here and that is a major major issue if it wasn't for government dcyf wouldn't have you know nearly as many like legitimate child abuse neglect issues mm. because of the, the the heroin crisis and if you thought the heroin uh epidemic was bad wait till this um internet um um devicing dopamine overload uh these people letting their kids you know on on, on devices uh you know uh that ton of bricks hits us and we're starting to see mm-hmm. it 18 year olds don't want to work and 18 year olds have had high, high speed internet their entire life yeah, and they only communicate with one another through devices. Right. They can sit in the same room together, and they're still talking on yep. devices in a lot of cases. You know, you mentioned Afghanistan. There was a headline recently that, I mean, not that we support drug prohibition or anything like that, but now that the United States government is out of Afghanistan, guess what happened with the Taliban in charge? Yeah, they... They, they banned poppy cultivation. And and, <laughs> and if and before the American government was occupying it, if you were, uh, you know, basically growing poppy, um, it, you got your head cut off. It was the bottom line. Oh, That's wow. what the Taliban did to you. They didn't mess around. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- the Afghanistan is like the most fertile soil in the world, the best irrigation system, all top-notch, high mm. technology. And yeah, the American government turned it into a, into a dope farm. Drug den. Yep. Yep. It's insane. All right. Uh, what are we missing here? We've we've covered your story. Your story with DCYF pretty deep. Is there something else that you wanted uh, to mention? Yeah, I definitely want to mention that I am so thankful. I'm on New Hampshire. I am so thankful. I moved here for the Free State Project. I am so thankful for this community I have. I have, uh, you know, I was at to at, at a at a Liberty Clubhouse one night, and a man named Rick Humboldt came up to me. He gave me a hug. He says, I'm Rick Humboldt. Do you know what that means on your shirt? I had, and he explained his sacred geometry. He, and I went to his place, this is, I, and uh, he says, hey, I want to sell you my house. This is great. I want to buy it. And uh, I've spent the past four years literally creating the best darn place I could think of to raise kids. Absolutely. To raise and, and to build community. And, there's nothing um, like the community here, right? There's nothing, nothing like the community. Like and I'd like to say awesome. you're lucky, but you, there's no luck involved. There. You, you put blood, sweat, tears into making that perfection. You, you got a great place to raise kids. There. I work hard. Yeah, I met Rick Humboldt's uh, son, actually, the other day. Yep. He was at the peace event that happened in yep. Concord, just by total chance. I never mm-hmm. met him before. 
Uh, so I'm sure you will keep our listeners informed as this develops. There's a video of your press release. We're going to get that up over at Free Keen. So if you uh, want to check out freekeen.com. And we may have a special announcement there coming soon. See you tomorrow. Freetalklive.com.